This is Unfinished Business, a weekly discussion show about the business end of web, design and creative industries. The show is hosted by me, Anna Debenham, and by Grizzled Dog designer, author and my co-host, Andy Clark. Oi! What are you bloody grizzled? <laughs> We'd like to thank this week's sponsor, Hammer for Mac. If you write HTML and CSS, using Hammer will speed up your workflow. We'll talk more about Hammer for Mac later in the show. So what's the topic for this week's show, Andy? I think we should talk about um, losing out on business because we've been quite upbeat and positive so far. And (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about debts last week. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, but try to put a positive spin on things. Um, (laughs) But I I don't want to talk about money too much because, you know, business isn't just about money. It's about all kinds of stuff. And I want to talk today maybe about when we lose out on a piece of business and we don't get the job that we wanted or maybe we lose a client that we've enjoyed working with and how we can deal with that and how we can not take it personally because it's really hard, isn't it? You know, when you're you're working in a creative industry like this and you're dealing with people all the time and something doesn't go your way, it can be really hard not to think that it's all your fault and to get down about it. And that I think is a good topic to talk about today because, I mean, as I say, I'm not afraid to be honest about these things. We've not won some business over the last couple of months, uh, business that I really wanted, jobs that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot from not getting that work, probably as much as I would have done had we got it and I'd have done the jobs. So that kind of thing. I want to talk about that today. Yeah. That's always really difficult when there's a, when there's a project that you really wanted to do and you kind of, in your in your head, you've already got it, and then they say, "Oh no, actually, we've given it to someone else." And yeah, I know, and it's really... and it's hard, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, but you kind of you wanna you wanna reach out and you wanna ask them, you know, you wanna send an email or pick up the phone, um, but at the same time, if it goes if it goes a week or it goes a couple of weeks and you haven't heard anything, you you play yeah. out you play out all these scenarios in your head, don't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've had a busy week though. I've been to Germany. How is that? <laughs> Do you know, I love my German client, um, but I always have the craziest, the craziest adventures actually getting there. I've been twice now to this particular client, uh, south of Frankfurt. And the first time I went was back in, um, back in November, the year ago. And at that time, I always have these crazy adventures. At that point, I'd been flying around all over the place. I hadn't had a day off in in a few months Mm. and I'd been doing STV in Glasgow one week. I'd been in Geneva another week. Uh, I went to Oslo in another week and it was literally, I I didn't have a day free. So this is how it would work. Uh, My wife would make a package on my desk. So Sunday morning I'd wake up and I'd get into the office and there'd be like a pile of paper on the desk with my boarding cards, my passport, (laughs) some foreign currency in an envelope, details of the hotel. And this like, off you go. (laughs) <laughs> and this was one of them. I was doing some training with this client and all I knew that I was, I was going to go to Frankfurt, but, and I didn't, but I didn't know any of the details about the trip. And to be honest, I didn't really know where Frankfurt was. I mean, I know it was in Germany, but I couldn't tell you, I couldn't point to it on a map. Yeah. So I know I get there and I arrive at Frankfurt airport and I wait for, uh, for the shuttle bus to take me down to down to the hotel, which is it's a little town like an hour's drive south of Frankfurt. And I'm completely disoriented. I mean, I don't know what my mental state was really not that good. And I was I felt this amazing kind of sense of 
loneliness in a way because I couldn't tell you where I was. I was in a hotel room and they all looked the same mm. and I just couldn't tell you where I was and it felt really, really, really odd. So It's just isolating. I know, it was really isolating. So I get up the following morning and the client picks me up from the, the hotel and we're driving into the office and he says, oh, on the way on the way to the office, we have to stop because I need to put snow tyres on my car. <laughs> and they do this thing in Germany, the crazy thing. And what they do, he drove into this big concrete multi-storey car park, parked the car, and then we got out and we went into a little room and it's just a little concrete room lined with lockers. And what you do is you lock your keys in one of these lockers and then mechanics who have like a master set, they can come in, open the locker, get your car, do whatever they need to do with your car for the day. And then when you get home, you know, when you get back to the car park, you can just open the locker and get your car keys and you've got, he had, you know, snow tires on his car or while you're at work. So it's a really good system. Anyway, we get into this concrete room in this concrete multi-story car park in the middle of bloody Germany and I didn't know where I was. And... He says, oh, I've left something in the car. I need to go back and get it. So he left me in this room for like 10 minutes. And I'm, I felt, I wasn't feeling great at the time, but I felt really, really strange. I felt like at some point, like Chechen gunmen were going to come in and kidnap me or something. It was like, a, <laughs> I don't know what it, I felt really terrible. And uh, anyway, ultimately he came back. So I thought this time, this time I'm going to make it really easy. So I got a, I got a different shuttle from the airport and all the way down to the hotel was planned. I thought this is going to be really stress free. I know where I'm going now. I felt better. This was n- nothing bad is going to happen to me this time. So I waited for the shuttle bus at the airport and me and about half a dozen other businessmen get on this shuttle bus and we're driving down the motorway. And I wasn't really paying that much attention because I was waiting for. I was working on my laptop Mm. and we get about halfway down the motorway and all of a sudden they pull into this lay-by, rest stop, you call them in America, and pulled into this this lay-by and the driver gets out of the bus, walks around to the side of the, the, the bus and opens the door. And then he points at me and he says, you out now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. what? What's going on? What have I done? Have I not paid something? Should I have paid something? Should I have paid him before I got on the bus? I, mean, I didn't really know what the hell was going on. So I get out and he walks around to the back of the bus and gets my suitcase out. And there's, there's nobody else in this lay-by. There's not another oh. car in sight. And he's making me get out of the, out the van. So I'm standing there, you know, at the back of this van with my suitcase. He goes and gets back in the, back in the bus. I think he's going to leave me here. <laughs> Middle of nowhere. What the hell's going on? And anyway, this, then another one of the same buses arrived and they were splitting, uh, the, the passengers. So I was going one way and everybody else happened to be going the other way. But for a minute, I'm thinking, they're going to leave me in this lane. <laughs> I have no idea. Do I have to pay them more money? Is it it's like a bribe thing? Am I, am I in some kind of, you know, Soviet state where, you know, do I have to bribe them with Marlboros and, and children's crayons or something. It's like, no, this is supposed to be Germany. But no, I have the craziest adventures when I go to Germany. <laughs> do you speak German? No. Oh, no, neither do I. I, I it makes me laugh. They have this word, Ausfahrt, which means something. Germans will tell you what it means. <laughs> um, it just makes me, it makes me laugh like a, like a 12 year old every time I hear it. It's like, Ausfahrt. <laughs> Can't help it. You should find out what it means. <laughs> Yeah, I really should, shouldn't I? Because I'm going back there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, oh, nothing exciting. Um, 
I, I paired my Wiimote with my computer, which was quite fun. What were you doing navigating websites with the Wii Fit board? No, I, I wasn't doing that. I just found out a way to do it because I, I thought it was... Um, I, I made this joke in my presentation about game consoles about how in the future people will be navigating websites with their Wii balance boards. Um, and then I found some, like a code library where you can actually do that, um, which I was quite surprised at. <laughs> That's really cool. Cause you could get fit while browsing the web. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Standing up instead of sitting down on your fat behind like I do. <laughs> but you can be sitting there with the with the Wii balance board under your desk, navigating a site and, you know, taking your hands off the keyboard and going, look, no hands. No, you need to be standing up. You need to be. No, no, you can do it sitting down, oh, surely. Right. Well, yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> we got an email. We got an interesting email um, from Richard Bray that I thought we'd talk about for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard emailed in to the show. That sounds like a proper <laughs> DJ, that, doesn't it? And... Uh, he said, let's say a client already has a fairly old site and they've lost contact with their developer. They approach you to add a feature, let's say a contact form to their site. How would you approach this? Do you charge them a deposit, draft up a contract and an invoice? Do you tell them that their site's old and it'd be better for you to redesign the whole thing as well as adding the contact form? Or do you just do it for free considering it'll take about 20 minutes? Um, and I don't want to get off topic, but I really like that little email. And yeah. I don't, how, how would you go about doing something? Would you, would you oh, work no, on this? Don't ask me first. No, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, do you know what I do? I mean, you feel really sorry for people, don't you? It's, it's, you? I feel really sorry for people when you get these horrible emails and you go, you know, my web, dis- web designers disappeared. Because, you know, most people don't understand how websites work. Hmm. Um, so I suppose in this particular case, I would probably, I would probably turn this one down. Yeah. I don't think that I could I could potentially add much value to. But something have you seen like what um, Laura Kalbag's doing? No. Um, so she's. I think. I think. Um, basically, uh, she gets a project that either they're asking like too low a budget, or or maybe she's just not got availability. Um, she asks if there are any students looking for work, and then she mentors them. So she she sort of check through what the work they're doing, make sure it's kind of high quality enough, but she doesn't kind of do the work for them. And that way students can get experience, they can get a bit of money, and the client can get kind of the features that they want. I, I think that's love, quite a nice solution. I love that idea. I would seriously consider doing that. It's so nice because then you get to you get to teach someone else um, how to work in the web, but you also you're not kind of um, doing work for free. Um, yeah, just I really like that solution. I think that's a super idea. I mean, I do quite a lot of um, work with Manchester Met, MMU, now. Um, I'm doing some lectures with them, and I'm doing some lectures at Winchester and stuff like that. So I like doing stuff for students. And if you can give them some work, I mean, because my son's a student. You know, Alex is he's not doing graphics or anything. But, you know, I know what it's like being a student, you know, or having a student and getting experience as well as getting some money. Yeah. It's really important. And if, if they can learn something, if, you know, you, maybe I would spare an hour or two or something across the course of the job just to keep an eye on things and, you know, maybe make some <laughs> hopefully helpful suggestions, then I would do that like a shot. I think that's such a really nice idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm really. Uh, I wanted to sort of find out what um, what the outcome is, and it sounds like she's encouraging other people to do it, and um, she's she had a lot of requests as well. A lot of lot of students get in touch with her. I think she said something like twenty nine emails. I mean, the, asking for help. The, a, a geek's first response would probably be something like, "Well, we need to set up a website where you can." you know, organize this kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I did, that, I did that a couple of years ago. Um, I set up a, like a Google form. Um, it kind of, so you could either sign up as a mentor or a mentee. And, um, is that a word? Like, a mentee? Uh, I, I, I made it a word if it's not, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find a better word. Um, but yeah, I, I, I asked questions like what sort of things do you want to learn or teach? Um, and, then I went about kind of matching people up. So if there was a mentor who you could, um, like a JavaScript mentor and someone wanting JavaScript training, um, I'd just basically send an email and say, this person's looking for, um, for help. Can you help them? But it got really popular and I had 300 people sign up and my system was just sort of putting names on post-its and sort of shuffling them around. But then when you got 300 and it just, it, it took hours and hours and I'd only got through about, about 50. Um, so yeah, I should probably go back and have a look at that. Yeah. I think that it's nice to do something personal though. I mean, I hope that I'm going to get to know some of these students a little better. And, you know, once you know what somebody's good at or interested in, you can probably point people in the right direction. Um, yeah. I prefer a personal approach rather than doing something that she's, you know, purely online, but and- it's just such a great idea the thing that surprised me was that um there were more people signing up to be mentors and mentees that's good yeah it's really nice i mean people are so willing to help um i just wish it were i wish i had a better system better way of kind of doing automatic matching up and then um just emailing out because i think a lot of people want to help but they don't necessarily know someone who's looking for that kind of help uh so if you can get someone else to do that kind of uh, that kind of matchmaking, that can that can be really helpful. Uh, if only we knew somebody that could build us a website. Yeah. <laughs> Can't think of anybody off the top of my head. No. <laughs> we should mention um, where people can find links to the things that we talk about in this yep. episode and others. So you can find the show notes for this episode at unfinished.bz slash four. That's episode four. So clever. Yeah. And you can ask questions and suggest topics on Twitter at unfinishedbz. BZ. And you can email me at hehasunfinished.bz and you, Anna, at shehasunfinished.bz. Or you can get both of our attention at theyhave at unfinished.bz. And uh, we might not get the chance to read, uh, reply to every email, but we do read them all. Well, not all of them. Not the ones that are trying to sell me carpet. <laughs> so we should talk about our first sponsor for this episode. It's Hammer Time. Hammer for Mac. It's for people like me and you who write HTML. So what does it do? It speeds up your workflow. That's what it does. If you want to write SAS instead of plain old CSS, you can do that. Hammer compiles a SAS. I've got no idea what CoffeeScript is, but Hammer apparently compiles that too. But that's not all. Hammer keeps your development files clean because you can use things like HTML includes. They're like PHP includes, but in HTML. 
And it's got clever paths built right in, so you don't have to write the full path to an image or a script or a style sheet ever again. You can just write the file name, and then Hammer takes your production files and compiles them into a build folder that's inside your project. Oh, man, I'm going to sound like an old broken record, but <laughs> I do love Hammer. Here's something else I love about it. If you want to show a client the site that you're working on, you can just publish it right in the app to the web, and that's on space that the guys at Hammer provide for free. And you can share that. that URL with your client. I love that too. I think you're going to love Hammer. It's only £16.99. That's $23.99 in the Mac App Store. And there's a free trial available too if you're a cheapskate and you don't want to pony up for the full thing at the beginning. Uh, get Hammer at hammerformac.com slash unfinished. Find out more there. Support the show. So much about Hammer that I could just talk about for hours. <laughs> So you've labelled the topic as total jerk loser. Total jerk loser. What is that? <laughs> it's actually a quote. It's a, it's a quote from Sin City. Ah. I can't remember which scene it is now, but it's a scene where um, the cop. It, uh, it's, 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 it, you, you watch Sin City. It's, have you seen Sin City? Yeah, of course. That's one of my, yeah, <laughs> my favourite. And that's where the line comes from, total jerk loser. Because uh, that's what you feel like sometimes, isn't it, when you... Yeah. When you, when something doesn't quite go your way and uh, you don't get a piece of business that or a job that, that you thought that you were going to get. And it's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard not to take things personally. Um, I mean, getting business is, is part of doing what we do. Um, and, and so is losing it, I suppose. And it, yeah, it happens to everyone all, all the time. I mean, it bloody has to, really, because otherwise you'd end up with all the work. If I if I was going to like, you know, get work all the time, I'd end up with all the work, which which wouldn't be. No one else would have anything to do. No, no. I think you'd just sit around drinking mojitos, which is what you do in Brighton, apparently, <laughs> with your with your fancy coffees and your and your bottles beer or whatever else it is in Brighton that you do. <laughs> but you know, it's it's really hard. <laughs> it's hard not to take things personally. I mean, I, I do this. I, I am, I'm, I'm less competitive now than I used to be, but I used to be super competitive. And I suppose it was because I had a background in sales. You know, one of my, some of my first jobs after leaving art school actually were sales jobs rather than creative jobs. And I carried that with me for a long time. And, you know, I used to work on commission. I used to sell things on commission. That was mm. what I did. You know, I used to get some crappy basic salary and then top it up with, with bonuses. And man, you, you makes you hyper competitive, that kind of, that kind of industry. And I had that for a long time. So I would, I would really get involved and enthusiastic in the sales process. And I used to take it really badly when we didn't get the work. <laughs> and. I would take it personally as well. I would, I would, and I think to myself, listen, I've told you the best way that we can do this job. You've explained to me what you want. I've given you my honest, uh, advice on how best to do the work, how best to, you know, accomplish what you need to accomplish. And you didn't listen to me. <laughs> you didn't listen. Is that something? Did I do something wrong or are you just not listening? Um, it's hard. Sometimes, it's like somebody doesn't believe in you. Did they not believe what I said? You know, they went with somebody else. Did they? What did they like about him better? 
Yeah, and you sort of think, oh, the other person's not going to do it as well as I could have done it. I know, and it, you take it personally, you know. I don't want to use some horrible kind of American term, but you internalise it <laughs> if you're not careful. And it's 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 really hard to, especially when you're starting off and, and these things happen, to figure out, I suppose, that it's just a natural part of doing business. You know, you win some, you lose some, and what you've got to do is you've got to make sure that you learn from the experience. And yeah, we've, we've had, we've had a interesting kind of, you know, last six months, we didn't get, we didn't get some work that I really wanted to get. It wasn't like we weren't busy, you know, we were, we were always busy, but there were some jobs that I really thought, oh, we, you know, we can do this really well. And we didn't get them. And it made me think about the reasons why we didn't get them. And hopefully, hopefully we've improved the things that let us down, you know. Do you ever kind of look back at a site that you didn't say win the pitch for? And it's either sort of, you either feel quite smug because it's, it's so much worse than anything you could produce, or you feel kind of, dejected because it's so much better than anything you could produce no i never look at it <laughs> never look back yeah um and and we'll talk about this later on actually it you know not just about losing business as in new business but losing clients that that you've worked with for a while and you know do, do you ever look at the sites that they had after you no never never do that um do you do that um I do actually. Um, there was like the first site I ever built. It was my school site and I did it while I was a student and I worked so hard on that site. I did things like card sorts. I did an accessibility review. Um, I produced some documentation on sort of how to, um, how to use a CMS, you know, different documentation for different, different types of users. Um, and then kind of a couple of years later, I noticed that they were working on a new site and they launched it and it was just, I was really quite annoyed because it, it wasn't, uh, the, the reason they wanted it redesigned was to be accessible. And so when I came in and did it, I did all of these things to make it more accessible. And then, then they came out with a new design that was table based. And this was like 2011 or something. Wow. And it, it just, you know, no kind of, no clear thought to accessibility and, um, I just felt a bit like, oh, did you really think this is better than what I produced for, for, <laughs> for nothing? <laughs> yeah. It, but you know, you, you win some, you lose some. Um, we did a job for a family member, uh, a couple of years ago. It's the, the one and only time that I broke my don't work for family and uh, dogs and other <laughs> and we helped this we helped the guy out and made a, what i thought was a, a really really lovely website and anyway the the guy love him as though i do is he's really fickle and you know he got his he got his attention caught by by somebody else um and he came he came along to me and he said listen you know, i'm going to change the website and to be honest i didn't mind i did mm. you know i didn't mind because you know, I wish I hadn't broken my don't work for family rule. Um, <sighs> anyway, so he gets this, he gets this other site done and, oh man, is it a bag of bones? <laughs> it's uh, nowhere. I mean, you never look at, you know, never look at a, a designer's 
under the designer's stuff anyway. Um, you know, it just makes it difficult. It just made, made, made it difficult. What was I going to say to the guy? Cause I mean, I think we went down for dinner or something a couple of weeks later. I was like, did you have a look at my new site? And I went, no, mm. no, I didn't. <laughs> he said, oh, we should go and have a look at it. It's like, no, I don't want to go there. It's, it's just, never look back. Yeah. No, I think that's a good policy. Um, but certainly reflecting on what you did wrong is a good thing to do. I think mm. I mean, we, we, we had this quote, um, for an app design. There was a, a developer, uh, nice sounding guy had a, a really interesting app that, uh, I think I would have used. I might still use it. And he's developing this app. He'd got what I think was about 10,000 pounds worth of funding to do the job and needed a whole bunch of things. He needed, you know, development stuff. He needed some marketing stuff. He needed some design stuff. And I put a quote together and turns out we were the most expensive estimate that he got. Mm-hmm. He was a lovely guy, very honest, very genuine. We could talk openly about um, things during the negotiation, but it was pretty obvious that we, you know, we weren't going to get, we weren't going to get an agreement on that. Yeah. And, you know, I think our quote was something like it would have eaten up two thirds of the guy's budget. So it wasn't like he was just being tight it wasn't like he was trying to screw me down on price or anything like that. He had a legitimate reason for wanting to keep the design costs as low as he could. Hmm. And, you know, can't disrespect the guy for that. And, you know, there was no way that we were going to reach an agreement. And he decided that he was going to go for uh, another designer. And I think the whole thing, the, the guy was going to, the new designer was going to charge him like two and a half thousand pounds, which was way less, way less than I could possibly even get down to. There was no way that that I could have either made it worth our while or cut it so that we could do the job in a time frame that made sense for both of us. Yeah. And the mature thing to do at that point was to kind of shake hands and part company and realize that, you know, you've got, you've got to do business, which is good for people on both sides. And we would, we would have done him a disservice by taking that work on. You know, yeah, I could have slashed the price and we could have done it in a few days or tried to do it in a few days. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been a good job. And, and, and that's, that's something to learn from, you know, knowing when to walk away. Um, but I didn't feel bad about that. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel that he was saying to me, listen, you're just too damn expensive. Um, I'm going to go for some cheaper guy or I think I'm going to be able to get the same quality. It was like he was very open about the whole thing. And I, I didn't walk away from that deal feeling bad about not getting the job. Yeah. And, and I don't think you should. I mean, there is, there's always going to be times when you have to walk away and you shouldn't feel like you've made a kind of, that that's a bad thing because that always happens. Well, the last thing that I would have wanted to do really was to take on a job, even on a tight budget and not give it or not be able to give it my full attention over the time that I think it would have taken to, to do it properly. Yeah. And, you know, we parted company on good terms and I'd be really interested to see what he comes up with. Um, you know, never burn your bridges. That's one thing. Oh yeah. Never, never, never burn your bridges because at some point or another, you know, we might do some business in the future and that's, that's important. Mm. There was another one. Um, there was a client again up North that was developing an app for, students web app for students and i spoke to them over a couple of weeks and 
you know, because Alex is at, at uni and it makes me more aware of kind of student issues. Yeah. And this, this app was, was designed for students, web app. And I, I just love the product and I really like the ethos of the company too. And they, they had a quirky way of doing things, which I thought worked really well with our quirky way of doing things. <laughs> and I thought we were going to get the job. You know, the pr- money wasn't an issue. You know, I quoted them our regular rate and at no point did they get sticker shock. You know, they didn't go, oh, me, that was expensive. <laughs> I mean, the guy actually said to me on the phone, he said, you were at the top end of what we've been quoted. Um, but that's not why I'm give. that's why I'm not giving you the work. Hmm. That's why I'm, that's not why I'm not giving you the work. <laughs> um, and it turned out that it was about design aesthetic. He had spoken to lots of designers and he'd found somebody that he thought had a style which matched the mental picture that he had in his head. He kind of, you know, how you always bring your own ideas to how something's going to look. Even yeah. if you can't, even if clients can't describe it or articulate it well, they kind of have a mental picture as to what they think, which is why they can go, ah, oh, it's not what I was thinking. Well, you didn't. Yeah. And it turned out that the person that he chose had a design aesthetic that he demonstrated through his portfolio that was way closer to, um, to what the client wanted than what we had. Yeah. And again, I didn't, I didn't feel bad about that. I didn't feel as if, Oh, he didn't like my work as much as somebody else's hmm. because it's a matter of taste, isn't it? Yeah. And it's not saying that I think that your design is less good, but I think that this designer's work is more appropriate for this project. Yeah. And that was, that's an important lesson for, for, for me to learn too. You know, it's not, not about somebody saying, I don't like your stuff. Um, it's about somebody saying, listen, you know, I prefer this over that. And yeah, we all have taste. You know, mm. we all have preferences for things and it's okay, I think, under those circumstances. And again, and again, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, uh, yeah, maybe I'll break my own rule. I'll take, I'll check it out. <sighs> I'll check it out. Hoping not to be disappointed. Yeah. And then the other one, this is, this, this was, this was, um, an interesting one. We, uh, we pitched on, this was fairly recent. This was only a couple of weeks ago. And we pitched for a, a booking service for a health startup. And, oh man, I didn't get a positive feeling when I, when we started the meeting. It was, I was meeting him in this office block in London and I walked through the door and said, ah, oh, can I, can I speak to, um, the guy? Come to see the guy. And the lady on reception said, well, who does he work for? It's one of these office blocks where there's like, you know, more than one company in, yeah. in, in on the floors. So I said, I don't know. Cause on the email, he didn't have a company. He just had a guy's name. Yeah. So I didn't know. So she then proceeded to phone round every every <laughs> company, saying, "Yeah, do you have a vrr working for you?" And they didn't. Anyway, it turns out that the guy is just using some office space. He's kind of subletting a bit of office space that maybe the company, maybe the people in reception didn't know about, so they couldn't uh-huh. find him. Right. So. I'm sitting, I'm about 15 minutes early and I'm waiting for this guy to show up. And all the time, the ladies on reception are giving me shifty looks. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're just coming in here because it's cold outside. <laughs> and then she said to me, I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Sure, well, yeah, you can't just sit here. You know, the guy that, that you're meeting doesn't, uh, doesn't work here. So you just have to leave. I'm like, oh. do I look like a vagrant? 
I'm sitting there with a you know, nice shiny Mac. Grizzled old designer. Oh, yeah, that must have been looking pretty darn grizzled. And she said, so, yeah, so she threw me out. Oh. And so I phoned the guy and said, uh, can you come and like rescue me? <laughs> and anyway, he brought me in. So uh, it, it didn't start off on the best of, uh, on the, on, on the, the best of things. I, I didn't get a positive feeling. Yeah. And, it, and then it went down quickly. It quickly went downhill from there. <laughs> it got even worse. <laughs> and it just, it wasn't one of those meetings that went well. Yeah. And, you know, often, you know, there's a spark or you can see within a couple of minutes of meeting somebody whether or not you're going to get on. And oh, completely. I was feeling on the defensive. Um, it was like he was interviewing me, which of course is exactly what he was doing. And, you know, that's what a pitch is usually about. But I suppose I haven't really had to do that so much. Um, and then he, then, then he wanted to, he wanted to see some work that we'd done that was similar to what he wanted. Right. And we haven't got any. You know, it's that, that thing. I used to joke about this, but you know, you get a client on the phone that sells screwdrivers and they say, you know, they say, can you show me some other work of sites that you've done that sell screwdrivers <laughs> in a Yorkshire accent? It's like, because they think that, that you've got to have done something that's exactly the same as theirs so that they can compare it. Anyway. You know that out there there's someone specializing in websites with screwdrivers. Yeah, that's me, actually. <laughs> anyway, so the guy wanted, he wanted to see some stuff. And, you know, to be honest, I'm totally open about this. Most of the stuff that we've worked on for the last couple of years has been quite corporate. Um, under NDA, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it isn't launched yet. So yeah. actually, in terms of our portfolio, it was a bit thin. And most of the people, you know, we've done really well over the last couple of years, but it's been people that have known us by reputation and mm-hmm. they'll have seen or spoken to somebody that, that we've worked with and, you know, we get hired. I mean, that's why we're doing a lot more work in Geneva, for example, because of, you know, the guys at ISO. People talk to people. But of course, it doesn't work in that situation. Um, and our portfolio, it just wasn't compatible with what the guy wanted. Yeah. Um, and then I think his polite email was something like, you know, we're going off in a different direction. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Um, and I did feel bad about that. I did feel that I'd let myself down and I probably wasted his time as well, to be honest. Cause I, Why? well, I know that we could have done a really good job and I know that I would have really loved actually working on that project, but I didn't show it. I couldn't demonstrate it. I think what you were saying about your kind of gut instinct, that's so important. So many times I've had a dodgy feeling about a client um, or, you know, a project. And so often that's turned out to be true. Um, and now I kind of, you know, I, sometimes I'll, I'll get a really exciting project in and I'll, I'll know this is a good one. And it, it turns out it is. And I think you've got to trust your gut. Yeah, I, I just came away knowing that we need to concentrate on our portfolio better right. and more, and we need to be better at presenting our work. Well, I guess if you've been kind of relying on your reputation, you almost you don't maintain that portfolio. It's just a bit of a waste of time. Well, you know, I put up that stuff and nonsense site in a weekend. I mean, I know that... Josh did those amazing illustrations, but the rest of the site I put after that, I put the whole thing together in, in like a weekend. Hmm. Um, and the portfolio is a very lame part of it. You know, there's a few kind of 
carousel items and that's it. There's no case studies. There's no detailed design descriptions about what we did or anything else. And it taught me a lesson. It taught me that actually we need to focus on that kind of stuff. We need to talk about that in a whole, a whole new show. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so many things like how do you as a developer show a portfolio? Because often I'll put up um, screenshots of a site that I've worked on, but I haven't designed, you know, designers designed that. And people keep asking me for, for design work. And it's, I'm not, I'm not a designer. These are just screenshots of sites I've, I've worked on, you know, that I've done the front end code for. Um, so yeah, I'd like to talk about, about that in another show yeah. about building your portfolio. Yeah. It's funny. Um, a few years ago when we had a, um, part of an e-commerce business, I'd say probably 70, 80% of the work that we did was e-commerce and the stuff that was on the portfolio was e-commerce. So most of the inquiries that we got were e-commerce. And now most of the inquiries that we get are large corporates. And all of the work I do at the moment is sort of education and it's not intentional. I don't go out seeking work in education, but people know that that's what I've worked on before. I know. And you, you tend to get asked to do the work that you've done. Um, and that's something I need to make sure that we, we broaden, um, our portfolio. Yeah. Um, and well, you could, you could go down a narrow route. You could say, I'm only going to do e-commerce sites because that's what I'm really good at. You could do that. Um, I can't think of anything more boring actually than doing <laughs> e-commerce. Sites. You like, you like doing kind of a bit of this and a bit of that. I like the variety. I do. But the, the thing I kind of learned about this, with this last particular client was that not only do we need to be better at presenting stuff on the website. So Sue, our new designers working on some lovely new portfolio pages, which is, you know, long overdue. We've got to be better at that, but we've got, I've got to be better at presenting the work. Um, and I, I consider myself to be a reasonably good salesman, but on this particular occasion, I mean, not only I didn't have anything to show the guy, but what I did show him, I did it in a really kind of like lame way. <laughs> so I've been thinking about how do, how, do, how do you present your work better? Do you, you know, is it better to um, put a lovely kind of art directed PDF style keynote thing on a an iPad mm. and demonstrate things that way? Do you produce something which is, you know, maybe in uh, iBooks author so that you've got this kind of interactive um, thing? Oh, yeah. That kind of, it's really made me think about how to, how to present work. Cause I usually, I usually do things by kind of blunt force of personality, really. (laughs) Mm. Um, I don't mean. And were you, did you feel really prepared to kind of, to give that? No. Did you expect that you were going to have to sort of show up for your portfolio or did you think it was going to be a more kind of informal meeting about what you might do for them? No, I thought that it was going to be another informal chat and, I thought that I'd be able to talk about process and about some of the things that we're involved in. I think that make working with us different. Mm. Um, and the guy was focused on the shiny. Yeah. And that was perfectly okay. Uh, and I didn't have shiny to show him. And that's, that's something that, that I know we need to improve on. I mean, I think that personality, I don't mean celebrity cause that's crap. Um, you know, I never get work because of, you know, because how many followers on Twitter I have or, you know, speaking at conferences. I never get work based on that. Um, but I do get work based on the fact that I can talk quite passionately about the way that we work on things. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's done me, it's done me okay. 
and it's got us some nice names, big names too. But it doesn't get, it doesn't work for everybody. It didn't work for this guy. Yeah. And I need to get better at that. I need to figure out ways in which, okay, so if we're getting all this corporate work in and, you know, and I do enjoy working on the corporate stuff, how am I going to have things in my portfolio that are, that are completely different? I've got to try and figure that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose, I suppose it could do a side, a side project. I've done those in the past. Brian Suda and I did this thing called Tweet CC, which is like a kind of Twitter Creative Commons mashup a couple of years ago. That was, I remember that, that was yeah. in my portfolio for a while and people really liked that site and it was totally different from everything else that we did. Oh, that was yonks ago. Yeah, it was a while back now. Is it still up? Uh, we are about to take it down. <gasps> um, because it's obviously Twitter's moved on a long way since we did that thing and they have their own. Um, terms of service that are completely irrelevant to Creative Commons tweets. So right. I think the thing's going to, uh, going to be turned off, um, in the next couple of weeks. We, we just don't need it anymore. I'll probably archive the thing somewhere, but, um, yeah. it will, it will go the way of the, go the way of the websites. You're sunsetting it. I will, that's a lovely way of putting it. <laughs> I think the, the most important thing about losing business, losing these jobs for me anyway, was, it makes you question, in a good way, what you did wrong. Yeah. And I have to admit that in the past, I've not been really very good at that. Um, and I've always thought that not getting the work was, was, was a really negative thing. You know, either yeah. I would get cross or I'd get, um, upset about it. Um, and I could, you know, you, you can't carry on doing that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it, it can be a good thing in that a couple of weeks later, someone asks you for availability for a, a project that looks even more exciting. Yeah, I joked about this a lot, but that, that kind of typical hungry freelancer syndrome where people go, Oh, oh I wonder whether I'm going to get any work. <laughs> I mean, we've been, we, we had a couple of weeks, um, a couple of weeks of empty hole, uh, in the diary for the end of March. Yeah. And, you know, it's not exactly like, you know, the wolf's at the door, but I would, I, I would have liked to have filled those weeks. And all of a sudden today, client comes along and says, we, we've got some budget, which we need to clear before the, before the end of March. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'd like you to work on some stuff. And it's like, bing, you know, the, the, the web gods have smiled <laughs> and they've filled my last two weeks in March, you know? Yeah. I think like we talked about before, um, having a kind of, having some savings in the bank so that if you do have a hungry period that you can be working on your own projects. I think that's really valuable. Well, this, it's something that I really like doing this is um, the when thing. I don't have work. This is the thing. <laughs> is, is that half of me is half of me. The hungry freelancer in me is going, Oh, thank goodness, Andrew, you filled those weeks. <laughs> but the more sensible business focused Andrew is saying, listen, you moron, you are going to use those couple of weeks to do something else. And yeah. we've been planning, we've been thinking about for like a year. You know, I do these responsive design workshops mm-hmm. and I've done them all over the place. And for some strange reason, people really like them. And loads of people have said, you should video this, you know, because we, we get asked all the time, you know, you're going to do one in America. Um, and I'm not going to do them in America. But if I videoed it and, did, and I really want to do a, a great video of the workshop and I want to do it 
like really high production values, pump some money into making it look really slick, yeah, mm. and do kind of four one-hour videos about responsive design in a in a workshop setting. And I've been touting this idea for for a few months now, looking for production companies and stuff like that. And I thought, well, if we've got those couple of weeks in March, we could do the video, the workshop. Yeah. Because what I'd like to do is I'd like to find a great venue in Liverpool or Manchester. And what I would like to do is I'm going to do uh, an invited or invited audience. So, you know, probably a load of students who mm. can actually be a live audience. Because, you know, when you're presenting stuff, it's always better when you've got people, the energy to bounce off. Yeah. So I thought, best idea, invite 20 students to be in the audience and then I will do the workshop live, that kind of thing, and then we can edit it and it can be really slick. Would you have someone standing with placards saying, like, laugh and clap? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, you could easily do that, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I hate, at the end of workshops, even at the end of, like, a whole day, and, um, you know, people applaud, and it's, no, please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. Buy me a pint instead. Um, so, yeah, I really wanted to do, I really want to get on and do these, um, these, this workshop recording. And I could have done that in March. Mm. And now it's like, no, now when am I going to do it? <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Having something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be working for clients all the time. You could be using that time to work on the, our business rather than, you know, we could be designing new brochures or something, I don't know, working yeah. on the website. Something I did a couple of years ago when I had some free time, I just started writing an article um, and it was it was quite a, it's quite a long article. So it took me quite a few days. Um, but then I sent it off to 24 ways and they accepted it. And that was just something that just cause I had a few, a few days spare. Um, and then that helped me get more work. So it's kind of like, it, it might seem like you're not, you're not really doing anything, but it, I think it's so much better than just taking the days off and, you know, um, I'd, I'd have much preferred to be, Sort of playing on Xbox or something, but if you do those, if you use that time productively and, and fill it with things that you can't do when you're doing client work, things like accounting and um, marketing, that's so much better than just just taking office holiday because either way you don't get paid for it. Well, but what are you going to do by doing it? You're going to sit and yeah. watch daytime TV. Oh god! <laughs> this is the thing. You see, people always talk about freelancers and working from home and all this kind of stuff. It's like, and they, they suspect that. It's hard to keep motivated because you're going to get distracted by watching daytime TV. It's terrible. But you know what? I think, I think that actually people are really motivated. You know, you're doing that kind of stuff. It's like you're not just sitting there idle. You know, I just think that spending the time to improve things and, you know, you don't have to be busy all the time doing client stuff. And if you know, if I, we've learned, I've learned that based on this, feedback of not getting this work that i need to improve on things and you know if i can find some time now to to work on that then it'll be a good thing done mm. what about have you ever had a client that you've worked well of course you have you've had the with the uh school client where you work with them for a period of time they've been a good client you've got on well with them you've done some really nice work and all of a sudden they go off and they work with somebody else yeah and that's a that's a tricky one because I don't know about you, but often you don't get told. We've had situ yeah. we've had situations where because we never host websites for people anymore. Um, we've we've had 
um, you know, we've picked up the phone or we've looked at the website or done, done something and, and, and gone there and found that it's something completely different. And they didn't call you, obviously. Yeah. They didn't call you and say, you know, thank you very much, but we've replaced your, your website. Um, losing clients is hard, but again, it's part of the natural flow. You know, they come, they go and we, uh, I don't stick to the same suppliers all the time. You know, I'm a bit fickle in a way. I like, I like to shop in different shops. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm on a bit of a Ted Baker kick at the moment. You know, I can't <laughs> like Ted Baker stuff, but like a couple of years ago, it was all Paul Smith. You know, people change their mind about stuff. Um, and I'm sure Paul Smith's not worried <laughs> about losing <laughs> a few shirts a year, but there's all kinds of reasons, I suppose, why people move on and you've got to learn to deal with that as well. Yeah. I mean, something that, that I've found is that if it's a client that I really enjoy working with, um, well, the thing, the thing you've got to do is just keep in touch with them, you know, see how they're doing. Like there was a client I really enjoyed working with and like she hadn't sort of contacted me in say six months. So I sent her a little email saying, Oh, I've just looked at your stats and I've noticed that people are using these keywords and I suggested, you know, how about if, um, you had a page on there that that's about this. Uh, and she sent me a reply back saying, Oh, that's so useful. Thanks. I've been, I've actually been taking out sort of magazine ads and it's good to see, cause I sent her a little sort of screenshots of the analytics and explaining what they were. And, and she could see that one of the referrers, um, she put a, an ad in Netmums, um, and she said that it had, like, it was really popular. So that, so that way she knew that, um, sort of putting an ad in there was going to be better than putting an ad in another one. Um, and that led to more work. So if it, if, if it's a client that you like working with, just keep in touch and yeah, send them a little update on their, on their stats if you've got access to them. Cause, cause they really like things like that. Yeah. I, I don't think that I do that anywhere near as well as I, as I should do. And again, it's that hungry freelancer thing, isn't it? You know, you're, you're yeah. looking, you're looking for the next job and the next job. Yeah, and it's it's especially useful if you're kind of if you're low on work. If you just go back to your old clients and sort of make suggestions on how they can improve the site, um, you know, based on sort of what's changed over the past few years, things like um, I've noticed that a lot of my old clients they don't have any kind of social networks, they don't have a like a blog. Um, so that's something that you could do is just kind of look back at the old clients you've enjoyed working with and seeing how they can improve their site more. Yeah, I I. I don't do that anywhere near as, as, as often as I, as I should do. Um, I th- it's a lot easier than, than kind of pitching for new work. Well, they always say that 80% of your business should c- come from 20% of your clients or something like that. And, yeah. and the, the fact that it's easy to do business with people that you already do business with and hunting for new ones. Um, and that's, that's very true. I need, I need to, yeah. I need to get better at that. Um, I'll tell you one thing I do know. Pe- people are fickle. <laughs> um my family member who I mentioned earlier on he's the worst defender for this he'll get his head turned by somebody and boom he's off <laughs> he's off in a different direction yeah that's okay um it's not about the work that we did for him or other people have done for him he's just that kind of personality you know he yeah. just gets distracted by the shiny um that's one reason why people move on um, we've had people move on because of cost in a way. 
Um, you know, a marketing company might come along and they can go, well, listen, we, we can do all of this stuff as a package. Mm-hmm. And they think that's a good idea. Um, people want to change the style too. Yeah. You know, like a fresh approach. Well, yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with the website that you did for us. And it's worked is very well for the last couple of years. Um, we just want to do something a bit different. Yeah. And they think that hiring somebody else to do the bit different is going to give them something which is, you know, distinct from what we would have done. So when you're, um, when you're pitching and you don't get the work or, um, old clients move to someone else, do you, do you ask them, them why? Yeah, sometimes. Um, as I, not as often as I should do. Um, but yeah. And, and all often it is just down to that. It's like, yeah, actually we're just having a bit of a break. You know, we're doing some new things in the office. It's a bit like moving your furniture around. Yeah. You know, you move your furniture around, all of a sudden you come into work and, oh, it's different. And, you know, people, people do that all the time. Uh, here, here's one that we've had quite regularly, particularly within large companies is you tend to work with one or two individuals in the company and all of a sudden com- somebody new comes into that position. Oh, uh, yeah. And they want to bring their own people with them, people that they've worked with before, or they want to put their own stamp on it. So we had this with a, with a big client of ours uh, a couple of years ago. We'd done something. It, this had been an award-winning site. I mean, it was a lovely piece of work, really lovely piece of work. And somebody new came in higher up, um, wanted to do a whole new kind of rebranding, which happened to include the online stuff, um, really putting their mark on it. And... You know, the stuff that we did was, was, was out the door. Mm. And there's nothing you can do about that. It's not saying there was anything wrong with, with, with the stuff that we did. It was a factor that was completely outside of our control. Yeah. Um, and that happens. That happens. And then we had one, um, client, we'd worked with them for, oh God, it'd been about 10 years. So I think we did our first site for them in about 2003 or two, two or three. Um, and we'd done a couple of sites for them and they were really lovely people to work with and they had an amazing product. It was one of these sites where you just get excited because the subject matter is so good. <laughs> you know, they have a lovely product and it's so rich and colorful and just makes your mouth water and love doing work for them. And they came back, they came back and said, you know, we'd really like a new site now. The old site's great, but, you know, we're doing some new things, we're moving into some new markets, and, you know, we'd like a new site. And you know what? There's no way I could have done it. I could, just couldn't afford to do it. Mm-hmm. Because in the past, you know, they were paying, I think the first couple of sites were like two and a half, three grand. And, you know, including a new CMS and all the retouching and copywriting and all the stuff that we do. And there's just no way that I could afford to do it. Yeah. And it's really, really sad. We, I mean, I don't, don't want to sound kind of wrong or arrogant or big headed or something, but we kind of outgrown them. Um, not in a kind of a snobby way, just in the fact that I'm doing different. You've put your rates up. Well, I'm doing different things now. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing the kind of sites where, you know, it's, it's an all in bargain bucket where, you know, we do, we put the copy in for people and, you know, we put the images in and you wrap a website up in a bow and go, here you go. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. But that they were, that's what, that's their, that was what their expectation was. Same as always. And um, what did you do? Did you recommend someone else or did you just sort of send them off on their way? <laughs> uh, no, we recommended somebody else. Yeah. Um, and 
I hope it worked out for them. That's always difficult, isn't it? You know, when you make a recommendation and, uh, you want it to be somebody good. You want, you know. Yeah. So, so. And I guess that's what I like about what Laura's been doing is because that way you can have, um, you can recommend someone, but at the same time, you can make sure it's at the, the standards that, that you'd want that person to be. I think that's a show. Cool. Should we wrap this up? Yeah, let's button it up. You always say button it up. I like saying button it up. You can ask us questions and you can suggest topics on Twitter at unfinishedbz or bz for you colonials. <laughs> and you can email me at he has at unfinished.bz and Anna at she has at unfinishedbz or you can mither both of us at they have at unfinished.bz. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Malarkey and Anna, and she's Anna with the underscore Debenham. Don't mock me. <laughs> We'd like to say thanks again to our fantastic sponsor, Hammer for Mac. And you can support us by supporting them by going to hammerformac.com forward slash unfinished. And you can find all the links that were mentioned in this episode in the show notes at unfinished.bz slash four, the number four. See you next week. See you next week. I th- I think that what well, we're uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got that out of your system. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Drink some tea. <laughs> <laughs>